Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you by visiting our website at freedomlifeag.com. Welcome to Freedom. What God desires to bring to pass in your life is a lot bigger than you could ever imagine. Let me ask you a question. I don't know how many of you did this. Maybe you did this as a child or maybe even as an adult you may have done this. Uh, you know, you had the sun or the moon up in the sky and you kind of lift up your thumb and you kind of just like cover it. What's interesting about something like that is that it matters where you're standing when you do something like that. Obviously, looking up at the moon or the sun, pretty big. If we were to really dive deep into it and understand size... Did you ever realize how big or how many earths would fit inside of the sun? I found out that 1.3 million earths to fit in the sun, right? That's a lot of earths. That's a lot of earths. 1.3 million earths fit in the sun. Now, perspective for a moment. There's a star named Canis Majoris. That is one billion, with a B, billion times the size of the sun. So in retrospect, if you backtrack, you can fit 3.7 quadrillion Earths inside of this one star. And yet, you can lift your thumb and cover. No, probably not really, right? What gives you the most perspective is where you're standing. Perspective is everything. And so what I want to kind of introduce to you here this morning is that things aren't always as they appear. Things aren't always as they appear. It matters where you're standing. So is it possible? Maybe, just maybe. That you've thought to yourself, I could handle that problem because of where you're standing, you think you can. But if you was to get a little closer to it, you'd realize very quickly that it is bigger than you. So we can look at our circumstances and we go, I got this covered, God. You can take a break. I got this. And then down goes everything. Everything goes to kaputs. And then you say, God, where were you? If you allow me a moment, I want to shift to the other side. What if maybe, just maybe, your problem looked huge, but really it's where you're standing. The change perspective. It's not where I stand, it's where I kneel as a believer. I find more clarity when I trust God, not physically. When I go to God and I say, God, help me to understand where it is. That I'm supposed to be in light of everything. Because our perspective says this. Our perspective says I can. I got this covered. But really God says do you? Do you really have it covered? And I think most of the time. We kind of come into a situation where. Things aren't always as they appear. And so if you would allow me. I wanted to kind of. Get into this idea that. 
things aren't always as they appear. And so sometimes that happens because we are on the opposite side of God's will. So this morning, I want to bring a message entitled, Discerning God's Will. Discerning God's Will. And sometimes we're being pulled in different directions. Is that right? How many ever felt like you were being pulled in different directions? You ever felt like, man, I could go this way or I could go that way when... When in reality, God is like, why don't you trust my way? And some would say Yahweh, right? (laughs) I found this quote to be interesting. To seek God's will is not for our benefit, but it can be to our benefit. To seek God's will is not for our benefit, but it can be to our benefit. Now, here's what I'm saying about that. The concept is simply this. When we as believers come before God, it is his will that we ultimately seek, right? It is his desire, his will that we should seek. And so when we come to a place where we're supposed to understand God's will, it is his will that we're trying to seek. We are people that live for his will, right? We live for his will and his plan. But we are not the ones uh, focused on. It is His will. But we can be recipients of blessings because we are part of His will. Even when we seek His will, there are great things happening for us. Is that right? So if you would allow me here to look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there to Romans 12, 2. And we have that one verse right up here on your screen. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Maybe we want to get the house lights a little more up so we can kind of see that a little bit in your own Bibles. And it simply says this. Do not conform yourselves to this age. And this is the New American Bible. The New American Bible reads this. Do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That you may discern what is the will of God. And what is the pleasing and perfect will. I like how how it talks about that you may discern. The word discernment is to make, make in light of light. In other words, to bring to the surface, to light up or to highlight, to understand the difference. How many of us understand that our will is very different than God's will? Our will is very different from God's will. So what we want, we have to discern, is it really what we want or is it what God wants? We have to discern. And if we want what God wants, which one do I pick? How many ever felt like that before? I want God's will. I want it. But which one do I pick? Which way do I go? Which route? There's a lot of routes. If you look into this room, and those of you uh, streaming on, I can't see this, but there's a lot of rows to get to the back, right? There's doors back there. There's a lot of rows to get there. So we think, I want God's will. Ultimately, it's, I want to get to that goal, but there's different roads to get there. Which one's the right one? Because how many know that there's some obstacles in certain roads that were not there in other ones? So I want God's perfect will, but I also want to know God's perfect way. See, you can have God's perfect way 
and not have the right time. You can have the right time, but not the right way. The goal is to try to line them up together. God's will, God's way, and God's time. That's the tricky part. What I aim to do here this morning is to try to help you maybe ask some questions that will help you understand how to discern God's will for your life. Because we don't always see things the way God sees it. You may know the word of God and still not know the will of God. Case in point, scribes and Pharisees. Sadducees, Pharisees, scribes. These people knew the word of God. They knew it. They knew the word of God. They studied the word of God. They preached the word of God. They taught the word of God. And when the Messiah came, they did not see the Messiah. They didn't see the will of God for man. Standing in front of them. So is it possible that maybe you love God here today, but yet you don't know the will of God for something in your life? It's possible, right? I think it's possible for all of us. That there may be questions you may be asking. Is this person right for me? Is this job right for me? Some of you, is this church right for me? Is that particular relationship right for me? Is this, that, and the other? We can go on and on. These questions that I'm going to lay out before you here in a few moments are going to help us discern more than just one thing in our lives. These questions will help you in multiple facets of your life. It's going to help you through uh, finding and navigating through some big things in your life and some maybe not so big things, but yet they have big impact, right? What's often interesting is that what we see with our eyes looks one way, but really is it God's will? For instance, if we look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, we look, we look at a situation here where the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I've rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For God looks at the outward appearance, but God, or rather the Lord, looks at the heart. Here's a man, Saul, right? Some of you know who Saul is? Saul was a man who uh, the, the people of Israel wanted to be their king. And God says, you don't need a king. You got me. And, and they insisted. And the people, you know what God said? God says, you know what? He, if he nudges you long enough and you don't answer, guess what? He's going to let your will be done on earth. And they said, we want Saul. And God says, don't look at Saul the way you see him. That's not the one I picked. You may see his stature. You may see what he brings to the table. But I'm looking at the heart. And God chose David. Down the line, he chose David. Because he looked at David's heart. And he chose David many, many years before he allowed David to be able to experience and be in the throne. Are you following this? He... He looked at Saul and he said, you look at Saul with the eyes of men. Okay? You look at Saul through the eyes of men, but don't be deceived. I haven't chosen him. In fact, he goes a step further. I've rejected him. You may look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Talk about messing up God's will, right? And the people wanted Saul. They wanted Saul. And so God told Samuel, 
listen, you, you may think you want certain things. You may think you see certain things, but I choose the way I choose. And I look at the heart and I tell you today, every Bible, look at me for a moment. Look at me. God sees differently and he sees you differently. And he sees you differently. And he sees you differently. And every single one of you in your lives, you may see yourself one way in the mirror. God sees you a whole different way. So allow me, if you would, if you have the back of your bulletins, this will be a great place to place these five questions that I want to pose to you today. These questions, if you write anything down today, if you write anything down today, if you tweet anything today, if you update your status today, if you blog today, anything. These are things that you may want to take a look at to help you discern God's will in your life. Whenever you're making a decision, are you ready? These are great things. Are you ready? Number one, how are my attachments influencing my decision? Things like money, the need for affirmation, the desire for stimulation, The desire to try something new. I want to try something new. I just want to do something I've never done before. And you jump out and you do something crazy. Like God never intended. And then you say, God, why weren't you with me? Because you went and ventured on your own. You never consulted me. So you got to ask yourself, how is money? Is money the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing? Is the need for affirmation. In other words, you take a title or you take a promotion, or you take something that just because it's the title, you want the title, you want somebody to like you. Guess what? Not everyone's going to like you with every title you take. Hello? It doesn't matter what title you take. No matter what title you take, the moment you stick your head out from the crowd, there's something coming your way. You're standing out. Whenever you stick your head out, there's always going to be spears coming your way. Know that God is in this when you select that. Sometimes we can falsely believe that we're making a decision that honors God when in fact it only feeds your attachments. It only feeds your will. It only gives you money. So you got extra money. So what? So what? There's a lot of people with money and they're not happy. If you do what you do for money alone... If you do what you do for money alone, there'll come a point where the well will dry out and your joy will not be complete. Pastor Tony, you don't understand my situation. Listen, I understand situations. I'm not saying don't earn a living. I'm saying don't make, don't make decisions based on money. Don't make decisions based on prestige. Don't make money, uh, excuse me, don't make decisions based on your what you think you would get from it that is false advertisement. In some way you thought you would get this fulfillment from it. But really, did you? Did you? Will you? So sometimes we can falsely believe that we are making a decision that honors God and sometimes uh, it's not. But that's a good question to ask. How are my attachments influencing my decision. Number two, which path benefits my health and character in a positive way? Maybe in some way today, you make a decision that does not benefit your health. And one way or another, it's going to stress you out, and you, you, but it's like a quarter more month. 
Your whole life is messed up. Your whole timing is jacked up. You don't see your family. You don't, and, but you make $5 more a week. And you got a nifty title in a nice parking spot. Right? You got to watch what decisions you're making. Is it benefiting your health? Is it benefiting your character? Are you going to have to lie in this job? Are you going to have to do something that compromises your character and compromises who God is? Oddly enough, one of the biggest factors discerning God's will is figuring out what benefits you the most. How about it's not about you? You live this life. It's not about you though. When the moment you gave your life to Jesus, it's about Jesus. When you live for God, it's not about you. And so, and so we try to identify what, what would affect our lives and things of that nature. But what path benefits my health and my character? Third question. How does the choice I make make sense in light of scripture? And you think, well, Pastor Tony, I read, um, I read all the way from the table of contents to the maps. And nothing tells me what I need to do with my life. It's not telling me if I'm supposed to date that person, marry that person. It's not telling me if I should move to this location, take that job, do this and do that. And so all these different things, there's so many things. I have people come to me all the time about, Pastor Tony, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Here's my situation. No, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I don't want that kind of pressure. And I don't want it coming back on me either. I'm not going to tell you what to do. The Bible should be our filter for all decision making. The Bible's our filter for all decision making. If you find a path that doesn't connect with the truths of God's word that we learn in the scriptures, it's most likely that it is outside of God's will. So, how do we filter it? We filter it through the word of God. God help me to see. Because many times, and we've heard it earlier in the service, we do something and then we ask God to bless it. And what we really should be doing is saying, God, show me how I'm supposed to do this. How I'm supposed to be walking, talking, choosing, deciding, all these things in light of scripture. Is this helpful? Is this helpful? Okay. So watch this. Number four. Which path would help others draw near to God? Now, I want to go back to the verse we opened with for a moment. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 that we read. It says, do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I like how one translation puts it. Watch this. One translation said this. Do not be transformed any, excuse me, do not conform yourselves any longer to the pattern of this world. Any longer. That means that there came a point in time where you were patterning, your, your life's pattern and your mindset was in this world. It says, don't conform yourselves to the pattern of this world. Why? Because the, the mindset of the world says, do what you got to do for you. That's what the world says. Do what it got to do for you. Cut off all ties with this person, that person. Do you. Be you. And God says, 
What about others? What about others? Because it's not about us. So when we look at, we, when we look at the, uh, the context of Scripture, we realize very quickly that I'm not going to make decisions based on me because it's not about me. I'm going to make my decisions based on how possibly I could be used by God to affect others. Can you imagine if every decision anybody in this world made only benefited them? How, how much need there would be? There's already need. How many know that there's still needs in this world, right? We need to help people. Why? Because that's what the church is. The church is not these four walls. The church is a group of people that have decided to follow Jesus and care about others more than we care about ourselves. Can I get one amen? So we're supposed to be a people that care about others over ourselves. Okay, fine. So how is the decision I'm about to make affect other people? How does it affect others drawing near to God and knowing God? Did you know that you're not just a receiver of blessings, but you are a conduit that God uses to bless others? You are in essence a transporter of blessings. God blesses you to bless others. God uses you to bless others and be a part of what he's doing. And so we transport blessings. How is the decision I'm about to make or I'm made or I'm going to think about down the line, how is it going to help others draw near to God? Now, let me say this. Not every question I pose to you today in this context refers to everything in your life. There's some that will, you know, will help with finding the right mate or the right job or the right situation. Some won't. But I tell you what, when you ask the right questions, you get some good answers. I'm afraid that sometimes we're asking the wrong questions. That's why we're getting the wrong answers. Which path would help others draw near to God? I remember when I was 15 years old, came to Christ, turned 16 years old. And I remember when my youth leader gave me the opportunity to preach for the very first time. I was so nervous. It was actually a, one of my first sermons was a Sunday morning. On a youth Sunday. They believed in us so much that they gave us a pope. And um, I remember preaching and I was so super nervous. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I'm 16 years old and I'm preaching to like 300 people. Like, this is insane, right? But when I was done and people came up to me and said, you know what, Tony, that really blessed me. Thank you for sharing that word. I'm 16 years old. I'm like, what? That actually helped you? I stumbled through that. Like, I fumbled and stumbled through my way through that. I'm, I'm surprised you even understood what I was saying. I, or at that moment, I realized I never wanted to do anything else in my life. I just wanted to preach the gospel. I wanted to help people. Let me make this crystal clear to you right now. You think that this is the majority of what I do as a preacher? Oh, there's a lot more. I, but, but Pastor Tony... Don't you, don't you only work once a week? 
Somebody told me that. Somebody said that the other day to me. I'll bring it by the church. Does it have to be a Sunday? Because I know the church is only open on Sunday. I don't know what church you go to. But we got stuff going on over here the whole week. Again, yeah, we know that pastors only work on Sundays. Who lied to you? Right? This right here, this 30 minutes or so that I get with you, it's just a piece of the big puzzle. Throughout the entire week, our goal is to help others draw near to God. Whether it's through over the phone, we're praying with someone, visiting in a hospital. And man, there's so many more of you than there is me. And for anyone who shows up on behalf of freedom, just know that I wish I could be there for all of you at every time you show up, you land in, in, the, in the you know emergency room or something like that. It's so I'm outnumbered. I really am. We have a wonderful team of pastors and wonderful people in our church that would represent freedom. But man, when I chose to do this, I realized that that was my goal. That my path was to help others draw near to God. So it made my decision to enter ministry very easy. Because this is all I wanted to do my whole life. It's all I wanted to do. At 16 years old, I was, I, I, I was, I was preaching on my sheets, my bed sheets. In the, I'm laying in bed. I'm like, I'm going to convert my, my comforter to Jesus. I'm like preaching to everything. I want to be better at what I do. I don't want to be okay. I want to be the best communicator I could possibly be. So I sharpened my tool and I'm still working on it. Amen. Pray for me. But I, I realized that there's nothing else I want to do than to help others draw near to God. And last but not least, do these decisions that I make have an eternal impact? Is it going to pull me away from the things of God? Is it going to pull me away from the house of God? Is it going to pull me away from... So these are good questions to ask. Even if the answer you don't like it. One of the things my wife and I decided, and I don't, we don't judge anybody that, that has this issue, but I'm going to throw this out there just because I can, is that we decided as parents that if there's anything our kids are doing, extracurricular, we want to get them involved as much as possible. But one of the things my wife and I decided that we're going to do, and this is our conviction, it doesn't have to be yours, and I'm not making it yours, and I'm not instituting this as a decree. I'm saying to you that as parents... We decided if anything conflicts with church or the house of God, it is not going to be something we're going to do. I'm not asking for you to agree with me. I'm telling you that the decision that my wife and I made was if anything compromises us getting eternal truth into our kids' lives through the word of God, through the house of God, through the things of God, it will fall second to the house of God. So if, if my son, my daughter, if they're in something that conflicts and I can't find a way through either 9 or 11 o'clock service, that I, I decided that it's not just what I say that impacts the decisions that they understand that we believe or our belief system. That it's not just what we say, but what we do that makes a statement is that you may never get drafted by a major league soccer team or football team or baseball team, 90 plus 5, 99% of the people will not be drafted. 
You still will have a spirit. You still will have a soul. You still have an obligation to know the purposes of God in your life. So I'm not going to put, and we as parents decided, we're not going to put that before God. Now listen, those that have the the schedule, I understand that. And I don't judge you. But I will plead with you to consider the statement you're making to your family. When you say, we can miss church for six weeks because you're doing this. We can miss church for three months because we really value your skills in this particular sport or skills in that particular thing. What are you saying to your children? What eternal impact are you making? Pastor Tony, you're saying that because you're the pastor of the church and you're supposed to say that. You want everybody to come to church. Yes, I want people to come to church, but I want you to be the church more than anything. You could come here and not be a part of the church. Being a part of the church is deciding that you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you'll do whatever it takes to let others know too. I don't want you to just be in the church to be the church. I don't just want you to be in the church. I want you to be the church. And that's the eternal impact I'm talking about. If we're laying these, this groundwork for our children that says everything else is, we can skip as much as we want because you're important to me. That says that possibly more than you care to admit. So is it possible to choose a path that only allows you to advance worldly and not advance spiritually? It's possible. So what decisions have an internal impact? My convictions, they don't have to be your convictions. They're mine. But I'm telling you right now that these questions posed will help us to understand how we can better serve God and find his will in our lives. And so, taking the big promotion because it benefits you financially, it's great. But just know offhand that more money, more notoriety, titles will not make you feel peace. It is the spirit of God alone, which is the atmosphere of heaven. Peace is the atmosphere of heaven. It's the spirit of God alone that gives you peace. Not money, not titles, not position, not notoriety. It is the peace of God that would allow you to go through life the way you're supposed to. So when you're going to make a decision with implications that don't end up honoring him, learn from it, move forward, and let the next one honor him. And let me ask you this question here in this place. How many times have you made decisions because it seemed right, like Saul seemed right to Israel? He was tall in stature. He was... He had it going on and Israel liked this guy. He just, it made perfect sense on paper. His resume looked pretty good. I think we should go with that. God says, I've rejected him. Is it possible that God rejects your will right now? The thing that you want. Because he says, you don't understand. I have a bigger will, a greater will and greater things for you. Amen. So if you would, bow your heads to me all across this room. I want to say a prayer and then I want to challenge you with a thought. Father, thank you for this opportunity to pray and seek you. Thank you that your word brings clarity to me. Thank you that your promises 
are our yes and amen. Thank you that there's nothing in this world that can compare with you. Father, I'm asking you today in this place that we will come to a place of understanding that it is not about me. That it's about your will. So today, I pray that all those in this room that sound of my voice right now, that are making a big decision, or even a small decision, God, that it would not be self-centered or centered on what we think is best, but God, that we will consult you. That we will consult you so that you would show us what's best. God, I'm asking you today these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't underestimate the power of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the presence of His people. Here's a thought. Are you ready? The Word of God is our foundation. Yes? This is not just what we read on Sundays. Hopefully, it's more than Sundays, right? This is our foundation. This is what we make our decisions off of, or at least should. Right? Then we have the Spirit of God that enlightens us a bit. Right? The Spirit of God, listen, listen, listen. The Spirit of God brings this to us in a way that makes sense to us. Spirit of God brings that to us, right? When both of those things, and you're still unsure about what this word I'm reading and what I'm feeling, watch this. I can now go to people around me that I know have heard from God. The presence of His people. Don't underestimate the fellowship of the saints together when we get together and we pray. There may be somebody in your life, and if you don't have somebody in your life, and the men were challenged with this at conference. If you don't have somebody in your life that can speak to you straight up and be honest with you, get one. Ladies, if you don't have somebody that can be honest with you and tell you like it is, get one. You tell them, I give you full authority to tell me the honest truth even when I'm not going to like it. Men, get somebody in your life, no matter who it is, that knows God, that understands the word of God, that values what you value, and let them speak to you. When I say let them speak to you, I mean, let them speak to you the way you need to be spoken to when even you don't like it. I don't like what's being told right now, but I'm going to accept it because I told you I could. Right? Get one. Get one. You need the Word of God. You need the Spirit of God to discern. But God is also giving you the gift of the presence of His people. That they have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as well. That can lead you to make the right decision. And that's, that's crucial. Because some people think, I have the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I don't need, I don't need to go to church. Pastor Tony, I don't believe in the church. I believe, I believe the local church is religion. You will die out. Sooner or later, you will, anything that feeds off of itself will eventually die. Because your well will become empty. Nothing to pull from. Amen. 
Before we close here in a moment, I want to share one more quote that I found that spoke to me so greatly this week as I was preparing. Media team, maybe you could help me out with that last slide that we had. Is someone by the name of James Johnson said this. God never burglarizes the human will. He may long to come in and help, but he will never cross the picket line of your unwillingness. He will never cross the picket line of your unwillingness. Friends, that's when we say, let your will be done, not mine, right? I mean, we're doing pretty good when we're quoting Jesus. Because he's talking to the Father. He's saying, let this cup pass from me. And almost the same breath, he stops and he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When the Son of God himself is asking for the Father's will, friends, we need to ask. (laughs) We need to ask the Father's will be done. But this clearly states that God never burglarizes the human will. He doesn't, listen, because God honors our choices and our desires, He he desires our unforced love. He desires your unforced love. He doesn't want you to feel like you have to love Him. He wants you to feel like you get to love Him. I choose to love Him. How loving would it be if I told my wife, sweetie, in and of myself, I don't love you, but because I have to, because we're married, I love you. Like, what? How did that help? That's, and she doesn't want to hear that. No, does anybody want to feel that? That I love you because I have to, because they said so, you know. wants that God wants your unforced love and so today would you go out of your way to say God not my will but yours be done and let everything you do point toward fulfilling his will his plan helping others changing the world how do we change the world love God, love. Okay, I'm going to try this again. How do we change the world? Love. Love. How do we change the world? How do we change the world around us? In that order. And it has to be in that order. Because when you love people without loving God, it's nice charity. But ultimately, your soul is lost. Father, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice. May they understand your will in their lives. Whatever it is that you're doing, let it be your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.